Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are probably also trapped in their homes. <laughs> we, we are coming to you from quarantine, as we hope you are listening to us in quarantine. Yeah, please don't go out. <laughs> Stay safe out there, folks. Yes. Yeah. I feel um, like you can't do anything in this day and age without just quickly recognizing the state of affairs it's like the <laughs> yeah. new like happy monday hope all is well you know whoever says happy monday oh my god literally every person i've ever emailed with in my entire professional career that's because we haven't emailed professionally <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I endorse it. I'm just saying that everyone does it. Ugh, yuck. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Anyway, but instead of Happy Monday, it's like, hope you're well. Because, you know, the implication is that your choices are being well or being coronavirus. I mean, I feel like we've found multiple times to be unwell for other reasons in the oh past God, ain't that the truth? to 48 hours, yeah. whenever it was that we watched this. Yeah, so we're coming in hot with our corn content. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even workshop that one. That was just off the top of the old dome. Wow. Um... <laughs> But uh, we watched a film for you. And what we We hope is that because we have done this for you, that you will not have to do it yourself. I mean, do we hope that? (laughs) I I hope that because (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that like this earth can bear any more of the energy that was output by us watching (laughs) this film. (laughs) (laughs) like i wish the only way anyone could see this movie was to see it with your commentary track because that was really the the best part (laughs) i mean like i know that after a certain point it seemed like i was just being like a smart ass but i want you to know from the bottom of my heart that every one of those snapchats was a genuine expression of emotion it was very funny. It was a good, good fit. <laughs> and if you out there would like to see <laughs> these snaps in action, I cultivated some on our Twitter feed. Kelsey did some, like, guerrilla warfare on our Twitter and tweeted screenshots, and I found <laughs> them by so accident good. later when I least expected it. <laughs> and, like... I don't know what's funnier is, like, this movie or, like, the things we said or, like, the way we attack each other with our friendship on the Twitter feed. (laughs) Without telling each other that we've done it. 
<laughs> Kirstie, our friendship shines through every episode. <laughs> it shines through every episode. Like, I guarantee you, when you like a tweet on our Twitter at HateWatch with us, what you're actually doing is notifying one of us that the other one has done some shit. Yeah, that's entirely what happens. That's what's, that's what's happening. On that note, we had a really great conversation with a fan. Yes. The other day. So thank you, fan. Thank you, fan. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. This film that we watched. This film that we watched was a Hallmark film. Yeah, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. It was a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. So this film, we may have said it, is titled William and Catherine, A Royal Romance. It sure is. It came out in the year 2001. (laughs) No, 2011. Wow. It takes place in 2001. (laughs) Wow. Um, so it, it claims to be about Prince William and Kate Middleton and the time that they spent courting before their very famous marriage. Fuck, did I just lose you again? I'm here. I've been talking. I heard the time they spent courting before a famous marriage. Yes. But, I mean, that's all you need to know, really. Okay. Well, I was just worried I was going to miss a joke. (laughs) No, the joke is this film. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) Like, listen, y'all. We've watched a lot of Hallmark movies at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, Wow. Yeah? Yep, that, that wasn't you losing internet connection. That was the end of my thought. I mean, this didn't strike me as that offensive. <laughs> I think my... You were truly my, more my, offended than I was. I was. My issues with it are thusly. Who are these people? What do they want me to feel... About these people. Yeah. <laughs> what What do they want me to feel at the end of this narrative? Also, who are they and what is this? <laughs> the age-old questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, I tell you what I don't come to a Hallmark movie and mysteries for is like the mystery of life. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they certainly took a dry story and made it drier, but is that not the story of Prince William? <laughs> <laughs> That's cutting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was bad. It was bad. So when I look back on this movie, I think a lot about the first, like, 15 minutes. (laughs) When we didn't know who anyone was. When we couldn't figure out who any of these people were. And then I think a lot about that chunk in the middle when Queen Liz comes, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. And then I think a lot about the time, the minutes of my life that I could have had back. <laughs> you had a good time. I had a really I good time, stand but I, <laughs> no, I had a good time, but not because I liked it. Because you were enjoying a hate watch, the premise of this <laughs> podcast. It, you know what? It was, like, a really special hate watch experience. It really was. It was. Because it, 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 I was, I absolutely delighted in it. Absolutely. Yeah. But there was not a single thing about <laughs> it inherently that was enjoyable. <laughs> No, it was a lot of nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> so, you know how there is like a whole thing in media criticism and like all all cultural criticism where it's like meaning is only made by the audience. Yep. Yeah. And like the audience is never passive. The audience is always reinterpreting the work. Mhm. Well, I interpreted the hell out of this one. Um, and that my my experience of experiencing this film had infinitely more value than this film inherently does. <laughs> I'm going to double down on your media criticism. <laughs> And I'm going to say, the medium is the message, and the medium that we watched this movie on was YouTube.com. <laughs> yes, you too can watch this for free on YouTube. That's the caliber that we're after. This was unavailable to rent on Google or Amazon. Yeah, Kelsey attempted was to find a, a way to watch this that included the exchange of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the universe said, no, Couldn't no. Do it. We don't want yeah. your money. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, there were two different streams on YouTube, and, like, one had been up for, like, five years, so Hallmark is clearly not interested in the protecting the copyright of this movie. Hallmark is pretty vicious, too, about some of their films. <laughs> Only the ones with Lacey. <laughs> Only the Lacey films. <laughs> um, this Kate impersonator know... is nothing on Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know a fun fact I learned about this film while accidentally Googling the wrong name for it? <laughs> yes, please. Um, <laughs> so there are two films... There was one made for mm -hmm. Lifetime and one made for Hallmark. Yeah. The one made for Lifetime is called William and Kate, the movie. And the one made for yeah. Hallmark is called William and Catherine, a royal romance. And they were both written and directed by the same two people. You know, I feel like that means we should stop this podcast and go watch the other one I, and do a nice little compare and contrast. I low-key kind of think I'm with you. <laughs> like we, we could save to. this like 18 minutes and then we could just be like put in some like music and then come back and be like so <laughs> I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you.
So, we <laughs> looked at our life, and we looked at our choices, <laughs> and we decided we needed to take a moment, and by a moment, I mean a solid week. Um, we recorded <laughs> what will go down in history <laughs> as the worst episode <laughs> we've ever recorded. <laughs> That's, like, not even us being cute. Like, we knew at the time that we recorded it that it was bad. We, like, hung up and we felt bad about ourselves. And then Kelsey started to edit it. And she sent me, like, a single message about it. And I was like, should we just re-record? And she's like, yes, I I think we should do that. Yeah. And so because we had to delay our episode, we wanted to bring the people not just the episode we intended to record, but the one that we discovered 11 minutes into that recording. (laughs) (laughs) The episode we deserved. Truly. You deserved. The episode that found us. That found us. The episode found us. Is what happened. (laughs) So, we went back, and we found, paid money for... (laughs) This is yet another one of those, like, famous moments where collectively we spent, like, six fucking dollars <laughs> on this bullshit. I spent three ninety nine to rent a standard deaf movie. Yep. Yep. It's the middle of a global economic collapse, and this is how we have decided to spend our limited resources. Yep. So, yep. we're here to tell you that we've now seen... Both William and Kate's <laughs> movies made for television in the year of our Lord 2011. Written and directed by the same human beings. Whose names I will find in a moment. We already said it in the last episode. Yeah, you heard it in the earlier segment. Yeah. Well, not the last episode, the episode that you've already been listening to. Right. Right. In the same one, like, <laughs> two minutes ago. In, we had an, a transitional interlude from the episode you were listening to to the episode you're still listening yeah. to. And here we are. Here we are. <sighs> so, I can't say we're better off for having seen both of those movies, but everyone else is yeah. better off for not having to listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> It's a, it'll be, I can promise you, having just reviewed my notes in the last 30 seconds, it'll be a far more enriching discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, we very briefly, as you know, <laughs> since you're still listening to this, uh, discussed <laughs> the main qualms we had with William and Catherine of Royal Romance. Mainly, who are they and what is this? Who are they? Who are they? I still, a whole entire week later, I still just, like, I don't don't know know who these people are. I don't. And, like, I had some concerns. We'll get into it. But at the beginning of the, the Lifetime movie, I had a similar reaction at first where I was like, who are they? But that feeling subsided for me. Yeah. I didn't feel the need to keep asking the question. I still don't know who the William and Catherine movie people are. <laughs> who are they? Who are any of them? Who are they? Who are they? Yeah. So, I think that's where we need to start this conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, who are they? Because both of these films tell the same story, pretty much. Yes. The same people are in those movies, shockingly. <laughs> um, should we talk about which Will is taller? Yes, I have that data available right here, <laughs> Thank right you now. So much. Uh, <laughs> You know what data I don't have available if you want to pull that up while I share my data is um, the height of the two Harrys. Oh, okay. I will do my best. (laughs) Um, So so the two movies in question are William and Kat, or sorry, William and Kate, (laughs) which (laughs) it's fine. William and Kate, which is the Lifetime movie, and William and Catherine, which is the Hallmark movie. Right. So, the will of William and Kate, um, his name is Nico Evers Swindwell. Swindell. Swindell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he is 6'5". Tall, arguably. And he's a very tall man. This is a tall gent. Um, the actor who plays Will in Will and Catherine, William and Catherine, is... Dan M. Boyer, and he is 6'2". Hmm. That, that checks He's out. He's less tall. That checks He's out. He's a less tall gentleman. I will say, for the record, that I never found either of them attractive. I want to make that explicitly clear, because mm. it's always dubious when you're playing hot and tall. Yeah. But the will of the Lifetime movie had a very different energy that he brought on screen, and when I looked up his height and saw that he was 6'5", yeah. it immediately explained everything. Yeah. Yeah. That for sure does. I'm gathering my data as we speak. Okay. But I'm not ready to talk uh, about Harry yet. <laughs> that's fine. Let's. So that's everything I have to say about the Wills. One was taller than the other one. <laughs> yeah, they were both very generic and neither of them were quite awkward enough, I don't think, to be Will. Mm-mm. I, both of these films take a stance that, like, which I guess, I would think this comes from tabloids or something, but that Will is, like, some suave playboy. I don't ever get the sense that he was. That's why I said that I think they took it from the tabloids, because I think, like, I think he, like, slept around at various points in his life. But I'm. I don't know that that's the same as. Are you sure? (laughs) I said at various points. Fair. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just I don't think that's the same as being like suave and cool. No, like I don't think Will was ever cool. I think he was just rich. I think he was kind of like Harry Potter. Bold. Bold. <laughs> like, he has a lot of fame, but he's not particularly cool, and he might be popular, yes, okay. but there's not yes. really, like, a reason for it besides him right. being born into it, kind of. Right. Yeah. He just kind of, like, showed up in the world, and everyone was like, you are important now. Yeah. And, like, he's yep. not totally equipped for that. I don't think. Yes, I mean, he correct. may be now, but certainly not as a 
18 year old. No. Um, anyway. Yeah. Should um, we address- should we talk about the Kates? Yeah. <laughs> if we must. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, one quick thing I want to say about the Wills, again, is that I'm looking at a photo gallery of the two movies, and the Will from- <coughs> Sorry. The Will from William and Catherine- Mm-hmm. Is a mess. He's a mess. Yeah, he's a mess. He's a mess. Okay. <laughs> but um, on to the Kates. Yeah. I think that the Kate from William and Catherine, the Hallmark movie, is a better Kate. I also don't understand still who they all thought they were portraying. I said it many times over the course of the past week. These Kates are both a disservice to actual Kate. Yes. In a big way. (laughs) In a very big way. Yeah. It's not cute. No. And I thought I was offended by the first one. uh, The Will and Catherine Kate. And I was. But I was way more offended by Lifetime's Kate. Who clearly either has an Australian accent or an American accent, but definitely not a yep. British accent. I wish I was in the same headspace I was in the other night when we watched this, because the other night I could have done her accent, and tonight I cannot. <laughs> um, which is a missed opportunity. It's it, in the same way that in A Princess for Christmas, the lead actress is a British person trying to play an american accent it's that same yes like disease that lifetime seems to have <laughs> oh i guess that's hallmark <laughs> we're like just like it's not that hard to find a willing actress who has the yes. right accent yep and like if you're just casting someone and, like brown all the hair, other actors are british it? so clearly it's not like yeah clearly it's not like a guild problem you know right. like I, it's tough. And so the, the Hallmark Kate is like way too giggly and girlish. Yeah. And the Lifetime Kate is just like a snotty, somber McBitch face. Wait, but before, before we get into that, which we need to, um, I just yeah. <laughs> looked it up and she is in fact British. Oh my god, that's her actual speech. Dear lord. That's the way she chooses to speak. But she's lived in the US. Oh, they say that she has a mid-Atlantic hybrid accent. Wow. You don't hear that much these days. Okay, so I'm not wrong, but basically what I'm reading is that she's more morose incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay sorry she's for been that. in like three films yeah okay we said we weren't gonna google in this episode <laughs> no and googling are. is fine what we did in the last episode was not it's different <laughs> it <was not. laughs> Um, um, so the Kates, yeah, Kate on 
lifetime was unacceptable. The actress who played the Hallmark Kate is mm-hmm. the daughter of an earl. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that's what earls can get you these days. No kidding. Interesting. That's wild. That it explains a lot. Yeah. But yeah, she's technically Lady Alice St. Clair. Well, la di da. Yeah. They, they were just so blah. Like, they had nothing to them. They were incorrect. And, like, <laughs> I don't... The thing about these films, I believe is I think they are intended to be, like, a positive and or potentially humanizing view of the couples in question. Yeah. Um, I'm now, I said couples, plural, because I'm now also, like, talking a little bit about the Harry and Meghan movies. Yeah. Just for contrast. Um. Like, I think it's intended to, like, take this big milestone in these, like, famous people's lives and try to make it romantic and approachable. hmm And so I think that's what these movies were trying to do, just the 2011 version of it. But, like, if that is so, they did it wrong. <laughs> yes. I thought there was going to be more to that thought, but I think that's kind of the end of it. And, like, my guess, you and I talked about this on on Slack when we were watching. My guess is that, like, part of the issue is that at the time they were sort of operating on the assumption that, like, anyone watching this movie has also been watching the news or the tabloids. And so they already know, like, the checklist of William and Kate's relationship. And so they didn't really need that spelled out for them. But then my question is, why fictionalize it? Sure. And and I think, like, the story just isn't that interesting. Like, when you take no. Harry and Meghan, it's like, you could have written that as a movie. Yes. On its own. Like, a prince falls in love with an actress. Like, whatever. Yeah. That's, like, got a story. This is, like, two people went to college and got married. Yeah, they flirted for a couple years, and then they had an awkward breakup, and then they just got married Yeah, instead. And I, that doesn't, like, negate the <laughs> their story, I guess, but it's also just not that good of TV. But, like, you could do good storytelling with it, because it's, like, you know, young love, and then, but they were, like, destined to be together in spite of this, like, great challenge of what, of, like, destiny, you know, like, William's life was predetermined and predestined and yeah, but, like, blah, 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 like, I don't know. I feel like this is such a different, it's a different story in the light of Harry and Meghan doing what they did. Right. Like, but like, there was no real hardship in this story, (laughs) especially this 2011 edit of it. The the angle that I would have taken with it is not one of like, look at this couple overcoming hardship, but more like, 
these are just two people who like found them found each other across space and time and they were just like meant to be right like less like look at how hard they had to work Mm -hmm. at it and more just like look at how the stars aligned yeah for them to have found each other yeah i don't know i just feel like they they missed the mark (laughs) this one writer (laughs) multiple times (laughs) (laughs) It just, like, it could have been romantic, and it could have been sympathetic, and instead it was, it was like watching some mannequins. (laughs) Well, you made a good point in our last recording that I have now cut out of this episode, Um, but I'll give you credit um, for this comment that you made that was that in the Harry and Meghan movies, the Megans that they cast, both of them, like, tried a little to, like, mimic mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And going back to, like, these Kates, neither of them did the homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I very much had the sense that both of the Megans had, like, watched Newsreel and had, like, spent time like listening to interviews and like trying to figure out how to like embody Megan. Yeah. Whereas I get the sense from both of these Kates that they just like rolled up on the scene and they were like, hey, what's up? I'm Kate. Yeah. I'm a play like, princess now. I don't understand because even in the Harry and Megan movies, the Kate and William duo, I think I don't know if there was one or two. They were not good, and, like, is it that hard to cast these two people? You know what I think on the fly my theory on this is going to be? hmm Especially with regards to the way the Will and Kate's... I think it was... Well, we went back and forth on this when we watched those movies, uh, for whether they picked the same actors for both movies or not. Yeah. But in Again, any case... who are they? <laughs> who are any of these people? How are we supposed to know? Right. But in any case, the the Will and Kates of those two movies, and I think it's similar in these two movies, are sort of there as, like, they're portrayed in a similar way to, like, the way the Queen is portrayed. Yeah. Which is this idea of, like, they are these two perfect, upstanding people who are, like, polished and they represent the monarchy, and so they behave in a very set way. Like, they're very two-dimensional at all times because they are now like these figureheads. Yeah. And so they're treated as figureheads as opposed mm-hmm. to like characters with any kind of inner life that could in one way or another contribute to the overall storytelling. Yeah. I don't know. It like the thing that's hard to peg about it is I feel like some of that like treatment of them as a couple really started after they got married. Yeah. Um And so, you know, their treatment across pop culture and across the news and the tabloids, I feel like, is in that very, like, figurehead kind of manner. Mm -hmm. Whereas these two movies are trying to capture the time in their life before that. So they would, like, they didn't have to be so two-dimensional about it. Right. Because the whole point, in theory, would be exploring the time in their lives when they were still just, like, normal people getting to fall in love. Right. They just don't do a good job of this. <laughs> There's not a single thing in either movie that is done. I mean, frankly, that's done. Like, I don't think they do anything. 
<laughs> no, it's very much a like checklist, like you said, of then they did this, then they did this, the end. Yeah, it feels like the writer and director team, which is the same writer and the same director for both films, um, it feels like the two of them just sat down at a table to do their storyboards one day, and they were like, okay, what are the, like, 25 things that we know about Will and Kate? Um, Will went to college, and it's rumored that he, like, met Kate in a hallway on, like, his first day at college. So we gotta have a scene like that. And we know that they were, had a class together. I guess he probably took art history. Whatever. That's where he went, went at college is art history. And then he went to a pub sometimes. And then there was that one lingerie thing that Kate did. And that was in the tabloids. And then they had the Africa party. And like, yeah, bang, 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 bang. Okay. Now let's film it. Right. I mean, this was a script written from a timeline versus a script written from a like character development arc yeah there was no interest in exploring anyone's inner life there was no interest in exploring like any kind of bigger questions about like and like there are so many things people explore when they do fiction about love and relationships and it's interesting because people care about sacrifice and they care about magnetism and they care about romance and like whatever there's like, things there's that we tell stories there's an interesting story about. to be told from Kate's perspective in particular i would say yes about like similar to Megan's like choosing to opt into that but to like a higher degree and knowing like from the get go what your job is and they don't they don't make her seem not even smart enough, but like anything enough. Yeah. Like, I fully believe that Kate Middleton has a very good head on her shoulders and like knew from the get go exactly what she was getting into. Yeah. And they don't give her that credit. No, I've always had the impression that <clears throat> she signed on to this as her job. Like, she was like, I am potentially going to be, potentially slash most likely going to be a queen someday. Mm -hmm. I have a certain duty to the crown and to the commonwealth. And so here we fucking go. This is, this is me now. Yeah. Like, I know my duty and I'm here to serve. Right. In a way that, like, say what you will about Megan, but Megan never really signed on that way. No. No, 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 not at all. So I think that is a more compelling version. Like, Megan married Harry and was like, sure, I'll come and we'll see if it works. Yeah. Whereas I I am with you. I fully believe Kate married Will and was like, I'm here to serve the people now. Right. I mean, this is a part of me that's like, oh, maybe we should have this part of the crown. Like, we shouldn't, but mm. imagine, like, how they would tell this same story. Yeah, that's true. It's just a- it's a bummer. Um, is it time to discuss- is it time to discuss Harry? Yeah, let's talk about Harry. Oh my god, this, so, who is this guy? Who is that? So- <laughs> Where'd this guy come from? Top ten, like, top ten. Top three- <laughs> 
<laughs> I could give you ten. Top three most alarming <laughs> casting choices in both of these movies. Number one, Queen Liz in William and Catherine and Royal Romance. What the fuck? Yeah, who the fuck? Who the, who the fuck? <laughs> who was that? <laughs> like, I'm looking at a picture of her right now, and I'm just like, who is this? Can you give the people, like, a 30-second summary of that situation? So she's... Like, like which part? Like the her the way we're introduced to her, or just like what's wrong with her? Or like <laughs> her her entire like deal. <laughs> she's like she's like kind of tall and has this very like bird like face, and she just like is she? I mean, she's a giant nothing. Like she has no personality, but they like. They made her really into exposition. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, we and... should talk about this, too. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, we yeah we talked about it in the failed episode. Um, but, wow. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. And she just is, like, she plays Wii Tennis at one point. She's not... As reserved like, as the queen needs to be, and she's also not styled as the queen has ever been styled. No. And she has no, like, command over herself. Like, she doesn't have <laughs> that sort of, like... <laughs> she doesn't have the air of, like, regality. Like, there's nothing about her. Like, the camera cut to her in a different scene, and she was sitting next to another woman with short gray hair. And I was like... Who are they? (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were talking back and forth, and I was probably four lines into the scene, and I was like, wait a second, are these supposed to be characters? (laughs) And then, like, I think it was in the Africa party scene. Yeah. And then someone walks up to her and is like, your majesty. And I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, sure. All right. (laughs) So similarly... The second most appalling casting was Prince Charles <laughs> in the Lifetime adaptation. And I need to tell you why. Because in the Hallmark version, the movie opens with Prince William walking like down the hallway into his new college with like a not a butler, but like a staffer of some sort. Like a handler. Yeah. Uh, and they have this whole conversation. So the Will and Kate Lifetime movie opens. Will's walking down the hall with some guy with a British accent. They're talking. <laughs> it's like literally the same dialogue. And then all of a sudden he says, father. And Kiersey and I were like, uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh um. Because I've never seen a man look less like Prince Charles than this man. <laughs> And similarly to the queen, they just, like, have him spewing lines with no consequence. Like, there was no (laughs) attempt at characterization. It was just like, here's an old guy, and we're going to have him talk like someone's dad. So he, like, he says stuff about how, like, his mother would have been so proud of him. But, like, Charles never said that. Charles, Charles never dropped off his son at college. Charles would never. He would never. The Charles in the Lifetime movie was, like, this very, like, 
hands-on, engaged, like, encouraging father figure. Yeah, my, like, alternate take on both of these movies is that they were underwritten by Prince Charles as part of his rehabilitation campaign. Yes. (laughs) I co-sign. I co-sign so hard. The only thing I'll say for the other one, for the the Hallmark movie, is... That Charles was also too good of a father, but he at least was, like, confused and frustrated, mm-hmm. which are emotions that the real Charles had, for sure. Mm-hmm. He, like, they at least chose to characterize him as being on this journey of, like, how do I wrangle the future king so that he understands how important it is for him to not behave like a complete asshat at college? Right. And, but... You know, also, I want to support him so he doesn't suffer the way I suffered. Yeah. I just want to be clear that I just pulled a lot more meaning out of that (laughs) film than was actually in the film. True. I just did a lot of work on behalf of the filmmakers right there. (laughs) Honestly, compared to our last episode about the same exact subject matter, this is basically a, like, master's thesis. (laughs) The other one was rehearsal. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Never mind these people's actual writing. Yeah. So, yeah. now it's time to talk about Prince Harry. <laughs> Alright. How so, tall are these men? Hallmark's Prince Harry is 6'2". Mm. Lifetime's Prince Harry is 5'11". <laughs> I I don't think I have the words to explain <laughs> what Hallmark's Prince Harry looks like besides like We just, tweeted. Yeah. We tweeted a picture. So go to our Twitter at Hate Watch with us and look for the thread <laughs> that's just like pictures of my laptop. Yeah. Um <laughs> and there will be a very alarming picture. Of, it looks like he's like a lost Weasley. Yeah, I was just gonna say he looks like he played like Fred or George in a Harry Potter porn. Yeah, yep. And he's wearing like a sweater vest <laughs> and a tie. Just look for that picture, <laughs> and that's the Lifetime Harry. It was that's so supposed to be Harry appalling. I pulled up the picture so I could describe him, and I'm like, I know that this is an audio format, but I just want you to know that I feel this so strongly that I keep holding the screen up to my microphone, because I want you, the audience, to, like, look at, like, I'm pointing at him, like, look at this man. <laughs> look at Look him. at this man. I'm also looking this at this This is screen supposed screen. to be Harry. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to go on Twitter right now like, as I'm talking. and is just not... Marrying Meghan Markle in the next 10 years of his Absolutely life. Absolutely not. No. Oh, my God. And, like, both Will and Harry were a lot more gawky looking in 2011 than they are these days. Like, age was kind to them. But not like this. Harry was always considered the hot one. And, like, he does not look like the hot one here. No. This is not good. <laughs> I did just open up a screenshot of Harry in the other one, though, and he's not much better. Hold on. My memory of him is that he is. Let me go back through the thread. 
I don't know if I tweeted it, did I? Uh, I mean, you can kind of see his face from the motorcycle Okay, one. please hold. I will share this with you immediately. He has better hair. You know, I think it's I think it's that you can feel the tall energy. <laughs> 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 I think those extra, like, four or five inches help. <laughs> <laughs> they may. I mean, I recall this Harry being better, but not in the specific scene that you took a screenshot of. Oh, my God. <laughs> He has a yeah. very round face. Yeah. He also, he looks like Arthur Weasley. Yeah, he does. Um, if, although on a relative scale, if you had to put a bunch of, a bunch of fake Weasleys in a lineup and say, which one of these Weasleys looks most like Prince Harry? <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be Fred or George. I... <laughs> <laughs> Between these two men, I would definitely pick the Hallmark one. But if you compare that to a sample size of the populace, I would probably guess that they're in, like, the lower 20% of redheaded men in England who look like Prince Harry. Yeah, like, I do have a burning desire to make a thorough um, guide to all of the TV Harrys because I've never seen a good one. Yeah. I think the closest we ever came was the first Lifetime Harry and Meghan movie. Let me look at the Harry and Meghan movies real quick. Because he had, like, we a narrow face. We should have done that face. for the Wills. The second one looked more like um, the fucking guy who was on that episode of Game of Thrones, who I hate, Ed Sheeran. Oh, this guy. This is from the first one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he also looks like a porn Harry. Which one? But the first for one different or the reasons. The the uh, no, um, God, the Megan in this movie was really bad. Mm. Sorry, I'm so distracted <laughs> by how bad all of these people are. It may be worth noting that both Harrys on IMDb did not have an image. They were like little ghost oh, no. heads. Little ghost heads. I'm also doing some Wikipedia work to look up the will actors from both movies um, mm. because I'm curious about their heights as well but that uh, we don't have to record that <laughs> okay oh god the will from the first Harry and Meghan movie is bad like not good google how this guy how hard is it like you just need to find a these are like the most basic white men what the men. fuck name is this it doesn't this? seem like it should be hard height Burgess Abernethy? He's six feet tall. I mean, he at least had, like, the doofiness, though. And that's what both that's of these Wills really lacked, was, like, any sense of, like, being doofy. Like, Will, right. at least as a 40-year-old, or 30-whatever-the-fuck-year-old, he's is he 40? Um, At least he's, like, known for, like not having a sense of, like, how to wear clothes and, like, <laughs> kind of being a bumbling idiot despite, like, having all these resources in terms of, like, people who can pick out clothes for him. Yes. And, like, that is not addressed in these movies. This is the the fourth Will who was in the, uh, oh. the second... Lifetime or the second Harry and Meghan <laughs> this movie. This is the fourth one. He, 
He's the least will, I would say. Dear God. Potentially. That's not based on acting. That's just based on um, headshot. Mm. Are we going to go based on acting? I would say maybe the Hallmark will is the least will. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I see this. I see this. See? Kelsey just sent me a... We, Kelsey, you need to put together this article. <laughs> I would like to. This is blog content we desperately need. I know. We gotta talk about this <sighs> offline. We will. Um, so, it's very important. It's so important. We're gonna make millions off of our ads that we put on this blog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we haven't gotten into our plot section yet, and we're... <laughs> no. 40 minutes into this recording. Okay. So, we should probably talk about th- this film. <laughs> These films. Th- there were two of them. It's oh, barely. Apparently, the actors from the Lifetime movie claimed that the actual Will and Kate loved their movie. No. Yeah. No. However, the stars of the small screen story say they've heard the film received the unofficial seal of royal approval from the prince and his beautiful bride. They're not watching well, this. Well, actually, yesterday, we heard that Will and Kate did see the film from an insider, and they loved it. I would eat my hat if they sat through this movie and had any reaction besides <laughs> embarrassment. Yeah. I mean... When you're a world figure like these two, I mean, this would have been early in their time on, like, the global stage, but you probably get, like, pretty immune to seeing people, like, portraying you, right? Like, like this I is think- a, a very low-stakes production, so there's got to be some part of you that watches it and is like, man, these people were really desperate to play house, huh? Yeah. Like, I don't know, if someone wrote a movie about me, maybe I would want to watch it. I don't know. I don't know, like, at what point that becomes not interesting. What do you think the the movie about your romance would be like? It would not be interesting. Like, that. that's why I'm saying, like, this is not that interesting. Because <laughs> that, I mean, that I think is the issue for me, is I think mine would be very similar to this, where it's like, they met when they were young, and then they stayed together for a long time. <laughs> right. Like, cool. <laughs> but i would also argue that that is why i said earlier that i think they could have made it romantic i agree it's not like it's not a big sweeping romance the way like the harry and megan movies are but there's some there's some narrative stuff sure in like a good old-fashioned romance like that yeah. I agree. I just think they did a bad job of it. <laughs> <laughs> they did a very, very bad job of it. Okay. So, plot. Plot time. <laughs> <laughs> plot time. So, both of these movies open with William going to college. Yes. Uh, the Lifetime movie opens with Charles dropping him off at college and the Hallmark movie opens with his butler arriving at college with him. Yep. And 
in both scenes, he bumps into Kate in the hallway. Yes. In the first one, in the Hallmark one, I'm going to do that because I've already almost done it several times. In the Hallmark one, he, like, physically bumps into her and then has to bring her laundry to her room where he discovers a large poster of himself on her bedroom wall. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, sure, 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 sure. And then in the Lifetime one, I, I don't know, he just, like, sees her? Yeah, I think she's with other people. Because oh. there were two brown-haired girls and I couldn't tell which one was supposed to be Kate. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> there were too many brunettes. Yeah. I got the two of them confused, like, at one point, probably, like, 45 minutes into the film, and I was like, uh-oh. I did, too. It's <laughs> like, it, like, if you're just gonna cast any old brunette, you can't cast two of them. No. That's the rules. You, you gotta get some variety in there. Yeah. So, they go to college. So, and, so the Lifetime movie spent, throughout the whole film, spent a lot of time being like, William has friends. So mm. he meets this guy who, like, wants to be his friend. Yep. And then he goes to art history class. Yes. The Hallmark film is really invested in William having no friends. Yeah. So he doesn't make any friends, but he does go to art history class. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. And confirm. Um, the Lifetime film is also way more interested in this idea that everybody at college is just there to see William. So they go to great pains. Like, they have this, the first day of art history class, there's like 300 students. Mm -hmm. Because they all, they all want to take the same class as William. Yeah. Which, they don't really do that in the Hallmark film. No. The Lifetime movie also paints Will as this, like, total idiot in the sense that, like, he's on his first lunch with his classmates and he's like, I always tell lies to, like, people I meet at first to see if they <laughs> leak it to the press and then I know if they're trustworthy or not. So, like, here's a lie. Yep. It's just, like, real blowing sure. your cover early on. Important context also is that the Lifetime movie did come out first. So even though the same writer and director did both of them, the Lifetime movie was first. I yes. think only by a couple months, but yes. still. Just important context to know. Yeah. Um, so other differences. So Kate is in art history class in both films. In the Hallmark film... So there are multiple lady characters in both films that I was very confused about because I don't know who anybody is. Yeah. Um, but there's like multiple women that like Kate feels threatened by at different points. Yeah. And so and I couldn't figure out if the chick he flirts with in art history class is also supposed to be the palace bitch. I think yes. Okay. Hard because then she also pops up in a different spot in the Lifetime movie. Like, they in introduced the palace bitch earlier. Yeah. In the Lifetime movie. Anyway, in the Hallmark movie, Will flirts with the chick and sleeps through class. And Kate's job is to, like, keep him awake. And right. so that's how they bond in art history. And in the Lifetime movie, he's good at art history and they have a group project together. Right. And then from there, 
the Lifetime movie spends a lot of time, as I said, like, going through the fact that Will has friends. So Will has, like, this guy who's trying to be his wingman. And also somehow this guy from, like, prep school. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And so their whole thing is that they, like, hang out and they're going to help him, like, navigate life. And so right. they're all friends. Whereas the Hallmark film takes this middle period to be like, Will has no friends. He's just a normal guy. And so he and Kate spend all of their time together because he has no other friends. Literally all of their time. Literally all of their time. Yeah. And both of them, like, make it a point to be like, this is your time to be a normal person. Yeah. So, is it time to talk about the posh fad? Yes. <laughs> um, no. No? Only because... Do we have to talk about the fashion show first? <laughs> oh, we do have to talk about the fashion show first. I was thinking about the Africa party. No, but that's later. let's talk about the fashion show. Well, it's later this in the Hallmark... <laughs> or it's later in the Lifetime one. It's first in the Hallmark one. Okay, we're going to fall into the trap that we did in the last episode. <laughs> It's fine. The dead Okay, let's talk about the fashion show. Yeah. The fashion show happens. Um, We learn that Kate was in a fashion show in college that involved lingerie. And that's where Will decides that he is attracted to her. And honestly, like, if I'm future monarchs of a country, that's not the narrative I'm pushing out to the world, even if it's true. Like, just no. You mean I saw my future wife naked in public and I was like, let's do this? Yeah. <laughs> just no. Yeah. It's not cute. I don't want it. Just no. No, no thank you. Um, I mean, I guess they had to address it because it was such a thing in the tabloids. Mm. But I think, like, both films were pretty gross about it. Yeah, like, the, it... Just because the tabloids, like, talked about it doesn't mean it was actually the catalyst, even if it, I don't know, I don't know if it was or not, but, like, it doesn't have to be in your fictionalized version of this event. (laughs) No. I think it could have been treated as, like, here's a funny thing a bunch of college kids did. Yeah. But instead it was, like, William popped a boner, so here we are. Right. Um... In the Lifetime movie, he uses this experience as an excuse to try to make a move on her. And in the Lifetime movie, she has a boyfriend. Yes. Which they then spin into, like, a long arc where, I mean, they don't do this work on screen, but what you're supposed to infer is that he makes a move on her, she realizes she has feelings for him, and it contributes to her breaking up with her boyfriend. Right. I can't remember what the outcome of the fashion show was in the Hallmark film because there's a whole middle period of the Hallmark film that I just don't remember. I don't think it's important. <laughs> yeah. There was more plot in the Lifetime film, for better or for worse. There was. Yes. Yeah. So, are we talking Africa Party or are we talking Posh Pad? Posh Pad, Posh Pad, Posh Pad! Alright, this was like the highlight of this movie for me, both times. <laughs> <laughs> the posh pad was so much fun it was so fun so will and all his friends his f- three other friends 
um, yeah. get a posh pad together. And this was something that I like kind of knew about, but I didn't realize it was like a real thing. Um, but apparently it was because we did some research. About this. Yeah, and the whole thing is like it's a big deal for him to like live outside of the university and live with other people and all this stuff. And so we got to play our favorite game, which is like judging interiors of people's <laughs> homes. And <laughs> it's without a doubt, like Hallmark's posh pad was way more posh than Lifetime's posh pad, which was basically it was so posh, like a shittier kitchen than my kitchen. Yeah, the so the Hallmark posh pad was like big open concept with, like, vaulted ceilings and, like, a very nice open kitchen. Yeah. And the Lifetime posh pad looked like a timeshare in a ski resort that had been built in, like, the 80s and had only kind of been kept up with. Yes. That's very accurate. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but the posh pad was fun, and like that was something fun to look forward to as I watched the second of the because <laughs> yeah, we knew the posh pad was coming. Yeah, the thing, the thing that see this was clear to me from the storytelling in the Lifetime movie, but was not clear in the Hallmark movie. In the Hallmark movie, I thought that he and the chick were dating and right. the dude and Kate were dating and it was going to turn into like a swingers situation basically <laughs> would have been more interesting <laughs> like not on purpose but i thought like you know he and the other chick would like fall out of love and then you know somehow it would all happen yeah um it, so it was more clear in the lifetime film that they were all just friends yeah except then the lifetime film gets really into showing them like sneaking around hooking up in the apartment yeah we get like a prolonged montage of them like walking back and forth between each other's rooms in the middle of the night right once again lifetime gives us the sexy time he touched a butt he touched a butt he touched her butt they kissed in the rain and he touched her butt yep in front of god and everybody yep What else happened in the posh pad? Um, he so in both posh pads, he makes dinner and messes it up, but for different reasons both times. So in one, in the Hallmark movie, he's like trying to make her a date night dinner and like burns his hand. It's not, I can't remember why he wanted to make her dinner. There was, like, something that happened. Yeah. But anyway, he, like, burnt his hand. And so then it was like, oh, he can't cook. And in the Lifetime movie, they were having a house party. So he was in charge of making the lasagna. And they kept being like, oh, it's like curry night all over again. I can't believe you let him cook. And then he, like, burns the meat for the lasagna. Yep. And so it's like, oh, he can't cook. I don't know why this shocks people. Like, <laughs> seriously, you've grown up with a personal chef. I don't think you're expected to cook, are you? 
No. This is one of the things, though, that was so funny to me in light of knowing that it was the same writer and director is like they, you know, it's like where you see the checklist come out again. Right. Where they were like, okay, they're going to move into the posh pad. Right. And they're going to study and they're going to kiss a couple times. And also, Harry's got to be bad at food. You mean Got to have a scene where he can't do food. Yeah. Yeah. That one. And it's like, I've read the quotes that of, like, whatever it was that was, like, Kate said, like, Will was a bad cook in college. And, like, you know that's where they took that from. And it's like, oh, Yeah. Yeah. I just imagine them in, like, their little two-person writer's room with just a stack of old magazines. Right. Being like, all right, what are we using? Can't cook? Great. Write a scene. Get that in there. I mean, yeah. Where do we go next? Africa party. Yes. So, uh, William really likes Africa <laughs> because his family did work there. Mm-hmm. This is what the exposition in both films tells us. As they enter an African-themed birthday party at some estate. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> the two networks... There's really not much to say about it, other than the fact that it was a horrifying exercise in cultural appropriation. And also, this is where the palace bitch is introduced in both films, because every royal movie has to have a palace bitch. Yeah, I think what was, like, most alarming to me was the interpretation of what an Africa party looks like between Hallmark and Lifetime, yeah. because Lifetime took what I just uh, hope slash assume <laughs> was more accurate to what it was, which was, like, they had a African band at the party that was playing culturally appropriate music. And that was, like, the extent of the theme. And, yeah, they were all wearing black tie. Yeah. Otherwise. Um, the Hallmark movie decided that everyone should be dressed in African garb. <laughs> but not just African garb, but, like, their interpret... Like, each individual's... Yeah. Like, the wardrobe department decided to do their own character writing. Yeah. And... <laughs> interpret what they believed each individual character would interpret to be appropriate for an African-themed party. Right. And it was not... So you had people dressed up like they were going for safari, and you had people dressed up in animal print things, and you had people dressed up in, like, outfits that were supposed to look like African clothing, but clearly were not. Right. I mean, there's a reason why, like, most people on Halloween don't say, like, I'm going to dress up like Africa. <laughs> and I feel like Hallmark should have taken a note there. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> like, wow. It, they also said in both films, like, they kept referring to it as, like, Africa. Yeah. As if... 
as Kelsey's alluding to, as if, like, Africa is one thing. Right. Whereas it's, like, you know, the royal family didn't just, like, do work in Africa. They, like, <laughs> you know, have been to specific countries and, like, have met specific people. <laughs> well, they all... I'm not I... saying the royal family is super culturally sensitive. I'm just saying, like, they could have narrowed the window a little bit here yeah i was kind of horrified to learn this was a real event that happened so Mm -hmm, yikes mm -hmm. yeah that i'm not shocked by (sighs) anyway um what happens after africa um so at the africa party this is also a place where the two films handled it differently so kate meets the queen sure yeah because they're not even, like, hooking up or dating yet. In the Hallmark movie, this comes before Posh Pad. Yes. In the Lifetime movie, it comes after. Yeah. So in the Hallmark movie, they're not dating yet. In the Lifetime movie, they are. Um, and in the Hallmark movie, she, like, meets the queen, and that's chill. And she discovers Palace Bitch, and then she gets all mad because she's like, oh, well, maybe William doesn't like me. And to me, that made more sense because it's like the first time she's seeing William in his element, she's seeing him with another person, uh, like a woman who is of his like status. Mm-hmm. And so she gets a little insecure and it kind of ruins her night. Yeah. Fine. In the Lifetime movie, they're hooking up and they're living together and she sees Palace Bitch and she goes storming away from the party. She's also at this point already like spent a weekend at the estate somewhere hunting with them all yeah and so she like runs away from the party and she's like i thought he liked me (laughs) but he didn't like me and she like gets all insecure and then like stops talking to him in the apartment right and he like can't figure out what's wrong with her and she's like you obviously like that other girl more because she didn't even talk to me at your party and it's like girl you guys have been like boning for months now like i think you're fine right that was like another moment where i'm like this is not kate milton no i'm sorry in both films though they chose to keep the line where she says like i'm the girl he hangs out with not the girl he brings home I was like, someone was really fucking proud of that line. Sure was. Oh, we skipped the whole part in the Lifetime film where Will threatens to leave school and then spends a weekend at Kate's house. And he gets to live like a normal person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so then it's like graduation. Yeah. Graduation. That's what comes next. Which is only a big thing in the Hallmark version. Yeah, the Lifetime version chose to do it as, like, a montage or something. Yeah. With, like, newsreel over it. Yeah. The Hallmark one had... Um... That was, like, where the Middleton family met Camilla and Charles. Yes. And it was a whole time for Kirsten. I had to be like, uh... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> who, who are uh, they? <laughs> um, um, but nothing like super noteworthy there. Besides, like 
the work that both of these scripts did to try and make the Middletons seem like middle to lower class people. I am going to go further on that and say that they tried to make it seem like they were like working class people. Mm. They were really trying to work like the plebe angle. Yeah. Um, which is just fucking wild. Wild. I did love that the Lifetime movie gave us the Middleton siblings, which were yeah. lacking on Hallmark. Yeah. The Lifetime film also spent, like, a lot of time just in, in, like, the Middleton household. Yeah. And they give, like, the, um, they, like, give William a relationship with the Middleton family. Mm-hmm. Which I just think is interesting, whereas in the Hallmark film, they, like, they only show the Middleton family as being sort of, like, bumbling common folk. Right. And it's like, oh, they come from different worlds. Like, I'm sorry, if your home has its own name, like Buckleberry, you're not that poor. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> okay, so once they graduate, then it's like paparazzi time. Yeah, because then they like... Kate goes into fashion and William goes to the army or something. Some kind yeah. of military. Yeah. And both films, like, give it a montage treatment, right? Yes. Yep. There's a lot of, like, of paparazzi montage with, like, flashing bulbs and getting in and out of cars. Yeah. Um, and they go to a lot of clubs, which is wild to me, but what do I know? Yeah. Something I can't picture. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so the in the Hallmark movie, it's treated as like the paparazzi are annoying and they drive the two of them apart by making Kate like scared and paranoid. Yeah. Whereas in the Lifetime movie, it's like they get drawn apart because all of Will's friends try to convince him he's throwing away his youth. And so he just kind of gives up on Kate for a little while. And then the tabloids make that worse. Yeah. Neither of these, like, paints Will in a particularly good light, which is deserved, in right. my opinion. True. Yes. Yeah, I said this to you, but it was, it was funny watching both of these treatments in light of what we know now about Will's recent life choices. Yeah. Yeah. How dare he? I'm sorry. Yeah. How dare he? <laughs> I wish you could fire a prince <sighs> because we should just fire him and keep Kate. Oh, I know. The co the Commonwealth would be better off. It would. But anyway. So anyway. Yeah, this all segues into like Will's a cheater territory and then they have their breakup. Yeah. So the Hallmark film is, like, it treats the breakup as, like, Will broke up with her because of paparazzi trauma. Yeah. And the Lifetime movie treats it as, like, they kind of mutually break up because of stages of life and priorities. Yeah, the Hallmark movie is way more concerned about, like, getting off on Diana, like, story porn, which is yeah another thing that you talked about in our 
<laughs> deceased episode, yeah. um, which I'm just not super interested in. Um, no, it was gross. Because it's yucky. And Lifetime, I feel like, is a little bit better about that. I feel like the Lifetime movie just ignored it entirely. Yeah, but they still got that one scene of him watching footage. Yeah. Gotta get that shit in That's there. That's true. <laughs> Gotta get it in there. Really laid the groundwork for Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> um... So then the other thing that's interesting about Breakup Time is in the Hallmark film, they sh- they just show Kate as kind of like, as waging a tabloid war with William, where they're both just like going, being seen at clubs with other people. Right. But it's more like she's, she's doing it because she's mopey. In the Lifetime movie, they try this angle where... Kate's mother convinces her to start being seen in clubs to get William's attention and remind him what he's missing. Yeah. So it's this, like, orchestrated, like, I think a very cynical view. Yeah. Of the whole thing where it was like, let's just manipulate William into taking me back. Right. (laughs) But they saw it and loved it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> God. Um, and then in the Hallmark film, she's like out and about with her friend and they go to that weird concert in the park. Mm-hmm. The boy band concert. Yep. The boy band concert. And then they like sing a song about wanting you back or yep. something. You may have heard and it in our interlude. You may not have TBD. If, if Kelsey works her editorial magic, you'll have heard it in the transition. Yeah. Um, and then she like sees William, and then they go running across a field, and they hug, and that's how you know they're back together now. Yeah. In the Lifetime movie, he does a grand romantic gesture. Yes. Here's a question for you. Okay. I wondered this at the time, and I don't know if we talked about it. Was it implied in the Hallmark movie that he orchestrated that outdoor concert? I don't think so. Because I got the I think it was implied that he orchestrated that she would be there via their third-party friend. Okay. Because the friend definitely was the one who pushed Kate seeing him at the concert. Yes. And... And Will seemed to be prepared for her to be at the concert. Yes. So the first time I watched it, I have not watched this more than once. <laughs> so <laughs> when I watched this. What a Freudian slip. <laughs> like, as I said it, the implication went through my mind and the idea of watching either of these again. It just, like, made me want to swallow myself whole. Um, but... Uh, he, so when I watched it, I got this impression that, like, he wasn't surprised she was there because it was, like, a band he knew she liked or something. But then the more I thought about it, the more it's, like, I think he he set it up somehow. So what I wasn't sure about, and I just tried to Google and I, I'm not sure, is, because they mentioned it in that Hallmark version, is if that was meant to be their, like, um... Charity, like their not charity concert, their like 
Diana concert that they put together for her, like, 10th anniversary. Oh. Because there is stuff about how she went to that, like, when they were kind of maybe together, maybe not. After they'd broken up. So I wasn't sure if that's what they were trying to show or not, but, like, that clearly isn't what it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. It's for sure not what was happening there. And it it was a scene that came out of the clear blue sky. Like, there was this whole thing happening with, like, paparazzi and clubs and stuff, and then it was just, I don't know, dead space, I guess. And then it was like, oh, we're at a concert, and they hugged, and now something different. Yeah, because for, I mean, I just briefly Googled, but, like, the headlines are like, oh, they resumed their romance after that concert. Mm, gotcha. But then in the Lifetime movie, his grand romantic gesture is he's been calling her for weeks, and she's ignoring him. So he finally, like, calls her house, and her mom, like, gives him some intel, and then he shows up at her, like, rowing practice, (laughs) and, like threatens to swim to her boat so in a fit of rage she swims to him instead and then he gives her a big speech and they reconcile which like i just want to take a minute and say there's never been a more telling sequence of events than prince william threatening to swim to her and then him (laughs) making her swim to him (laughs) no kidding like fuck off I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck off so hard. <laughs> so hard. Uh, it is the one thing both of these movies accidentally did right was like, or not right, but like that had a touch of realism was um, portraying how little William has had to do to keep this whole thing afloat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then they go to Africa. It's sad boy rhino sex time. Yep. <laughs> We've traded in the lions. It's time for rhinos. Yeah. So we got those sex rhinos. Neither of these uh, productions traveled to Africa, from what we can tell. Nope. Um, the first one had their proposal in the middle of an open field in Africa at night. Yep. And the second one had them in a weird, like, glamping sex tent. <laughs> oh my god, it was like, like the tents from Holiday in the Wild. Yes. Except, like, slightly more elaborate. Yeah. And, yeah, super ready for the sexy times. <laughs> <laughs> but Hallmark wins because they had sex rhinos. The end. <laughs> They did. <laughs> we were like, we were so poised for those sex lions. Yep. And we were just waiting because so far no one has failed us. There have always been sex lions. Yeah. But then it was like, he proposes, they make out, they cut to a rhino. And it was like, sure. Sure. <laughs> sex rhinos. <laughs> it was so good. And there there was some sad boy stuff because William did have to talk about Diana somehow. Yeah. I can't remember what he said, but he monologues about Diana before they make out. Right. So we got the whole package. Sure did. <laughs> um, 
two things that we didn't really talk about that we probably should, even though this is going long. Um, mm. Hallmark's attempts at storytelling with those little wavy symbols on either end of storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by that I mean the multiple times that it cuts to the future throughout the movie where yes. William is sitting looking perplexed watching footage of his mother that's fake with the like <laughs> shoddy shoddy Diana um, of her like last interview on TV or something like that and just watching it and contemplating his life. And they really, they really were trying for something there. Yeah. It wasn't good. No. No, this was not the time for them to do an art. No. But they really tried. <laughs> they tried so hard. They were like, we're going to do an opening scene. And it's going to foreshadow. Yep. And then... We're going to come back to that scene, and it's going to be emotionally significant. Well, because, again, this goes back to what you were saying. They make his entire, like, issue, his big conflict, be that, like, he doesn't want to put someone through the same thing that his mother went through. Yep. It, which is not insignificant, but, like, how about, Will, you just take, like, a second, just a second, to think about, like, all the other things you're asking this person to do. Yeah. Like, just And also maybe. think about how, like, your own life choices impact, like, how that looks <laughs> moving forward. So, like, right. every time you're seen with a random woman while you're away at military camp... Is obviously only going to like right make the paparazzi more interested in this like poor chick you've abandoned at home. Right. Think about that. Maybe when you sleep with random duchesses, when your wife is like still recovering from giving birth to like her seventieth kid. Wow. Maybe that has an impact on oh. your wife. I'm just guessing. Wow. <laughs> Haymakers have been thrown. <laughs> I'll never forgive him. Never. 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 I also was listening to a Rarely Obsessed podcast today that's about four weeks old because that's where I am in my podcast life sure. right now. And um, apparently Will and Kate were frosty towards Harry and Meghan at Commonwealth Day. And mm -hmm. I'm upset about it. I keep hearing that, and what I am choosing to believe, well, I think there's a few things at play without knowing how any of the negotiations have gone behind the scenes, but I would have to guess that, like, at least some of it is just, like, a feeling of, like, abandonment. You know, like, anytime, yeah. like, you know how there's that trope in, like, storytelling that, like, someone's going away, so they have a big fight, because it's easier to be mad. I'm sorry, I'm unfamiliar with storytelling sad. tropes because I've just watched <laughs> William and Catherine two times. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you were saying a smart thing. <laughs> I made it bad. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> that, that was that was bold. That was as bold as the art form that they toyed with in these films, which would be narrative. <laughs> <laughs> the the entire art form of narrative yeah they had their choice of how to go about it and they swung and they missed <laughs> twice twice <laughs> i know we still have a couple more things to cover but i really just want to drive home to you people at home listening to this, that both of these films were written and directed by the same two people. They got to produce (laughs) this story twice. I think, like, this is such a rare thing that you get to see. Like, this never happens where you get to see someone do the same thing twice. And, like, what a gift. (laughs) And what an opportunity. And, like, in the same year, it was, like, close enough together that, like... They should have had some lessons learned. Like, I, the way I imagine it in my brain is, like, develop develop the thing, shoot the thing, start post on the thing, develop the next thing. And even though those two things probably overlapped slightly, there would have been enough time to do some debrief and be like, okay, it didn't work in this first film <laughs> of which I'm going to make again. <laughs> But, like, all signs point to the Hallmark one being worse? And that was the second one. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's really like choosing between, like, rotten eggs or, like, spoiled meat. But, yeah, it's... I think the Hallmark one slightly better. You were so fired up about how bad the Hallmark one was. Yeah, but I hadn't seen the Lifetime one. (laughs) I've grown as a person, unlike the writer and director of these fine films. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) I've really seen some shit since then. Yeah. I feel like... I Well... I don't know. I don't even have a good argument to stand on. I think... I think better or worse are the wrong terms. I think... (laughs) (laughs) I think they probably net out to about the same in terms of quality. But I think they both did slightly different things. So... The Lifetime movie, I think, had, like, a a little more time to breathe with some of the, like, relational stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they have Will go to Kate's house and meet her family, and they spend a lot of time showing them, like, in bed together and, like, having little conversations together. Whereas the Hallmark movie was just, like... They're friends. Now they're dating. And now uh, they're broken up and they're dating again. And the end. Yeah. But the Hallmark movie is more palatable to watch, I think. I had a better time watching the Hallmark one than I did watching the (laughs) Lifetime one. I don't know. I'm torn. 
I just feel like the Hallmark one was more heavy-handed, if that's possible. <sighs> like, the Lifetime one I felt like tried to play at, like, the fun-ish story more. Yeah. Like, it wasn't trying to really just fucking hammer home his, like, childhood trauma over and over again. So I think I'm going to invoke hate watch rules on this one. It's fair. And say that I think what worked in a a hate watch sense about the Hallmark one was that it was more fun. Like, I personally derived more joy from watching it. Like, I think the Lifetime one was trying to be more serious or, like, trying to achieve more art Mm-hmm. Or, like, was going for something tonally or yeah. something. Yeah. That was slightly different than the Hallmark one. And to me, it made it less, like, less fun to watch and more just sort of generally mediocre. Uh-huh. Like, my reaction to it was more like, this is a bad film. Yeah. That's Whereas fair. the Hallmark one... I had a lot of material for funny Snapchat jokes. <laughs> um, on that note, should we address <laughs> Queen Liz's exposition before we? Yes. Oh my god! This, this was a great scene. This was a great scene. An excellent scene. It really like tells you everything you need to know about this film and these this yeah. writer times two. So William and Harry get drunk and they charge in on Charles and Camilla painting. Yeah. And Charles and William have this big fight about all of Charles's sins. Yes. And Charles gets very upset about this because it like it like rattles him. He has the feels. Yeah. So he calls Queen Liz <laughs> in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. And she, you know, picks up the phone like you do. There's a strange man in her bed who we can't identify. (laughs) We don't know who this man is. (laughs) And she immediately is, you know, imparting her wisdom as monarch and mother to Charles. (laughs) And she's like, you know... Kids these days aren't all that different than, you know, people from our generation and my sister Margaret. Well, you know, she had to, she wasn't allowed to marry the person that she wanted to marry because he was divorced. You know, things have really changed. And, you know, the country's still a little bit rattled because of Prince Edward and Wallace Simpson, if you recall. (laughs) Like, literally giving us the history book one pager of the monarchy's legacy and like their mishaps in a casual conversation to her son that she's known her whole life or his whole life (laughs) to be clear like (laughs) this is not someone she's just met this is not someone unfamiliar with their family legacy (laughs) because she's like qualifying it with like names and titles and relationship like she's reading a family tree my sister (laughs) my dear sister margaret (laughs) 
she could marry this man whose name was something because I had this life event happening at the time. And my uncle, so-and-so. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Queen Liz would never. No. Then at one point, speaking of like Charles would never, at one point he's like, did we give you such a hard time? And she's she's all in bed and she's like, no, worse. And then they have like a nice chuckle. Ha 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 ha. Your son's maybe <laughs> friends with the pedophile, Queen Liz. <laughs> Go <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Yikes. This has been a hard night for the royal family on our podcast. Yikes. <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan, <laughs> as they would say on ATN News, which is a reference Kirstie does not get, <laughs> we here for you. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> You'll watch Succession someday, Kirstie. I knew that was a succession one. <laughs> it's a very good I thing. Right. I almost asked you, but then I just let it ride. No, it's a good bit. You would appreciate it. Look at me go. Oh. <laughs> All you need to know is we here I for started you. watching it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I was going to start watching it, then my kid woke up from nap. So Aww. that's a bummer. You'll have your chance. This quarantine's not over yet. I will. It's, yeah, got a lot, a lot of time to go. A lot of I've watched 15 episodes of VR in like three days, so you've got time. <sighs> buddy. <laughs> we also watched two of these films. We did. We found time in our busy yeah. schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of which, we wanted to brag about what we've been up to this quarantine. We did? Yeah. I mean, not like in general, but just like how much we twin. Oh, yeah. Let's. This yeah. is the space where we would normally brag about how we saw each other in person. But since that's not allowed. Yeah. I thought you wanted to brag about your, <laughs> your fucking um, homesteading. No, <laughs> no, 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 like, no. Oh, we're going to sure. do an ep- No, we're going to do an episode about that. Yeah, it's fine. We will. Um, we both made buttermilk chicken tonight. <laughs> We've made buttermilk chicken, and there were, like, three other things, Kelsey. We're I started both to drinking whiskey. <laughs> we're both drinking whiskey. Yeah. And we're both here right uh, now talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. But there, was, there were more things. I think that was... We've had a very busy week of doing the exact same thing at the exact same time whenever possible. Yeah. That's how we're yeah. getting through this quarantine. We've synced a lot of content. Yes. It's important. Um, if it's important. if you out there need someone to sync your content with, we're we're here for you. <laughs> we here for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank us for not sharing the episode that will never be aired. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one of those things where if we ever had a Patreon, it like would not even be a cute bonus no. because it would just be like, it's not cute. Like when people have lost episodes, it's usually like at least kind of charming. Yeah, no, this one's not charming. Yeah. 
you know. <laughs> um, but you know what is charming? Is the nice little facelift that we've given to HeyWatchWithUs.com. Oh my god, I was going to gloat about this too. Oh, uh, um, please Kelsey go Kelsey did really important out. work this week. I did hard work. <laughs> Kelsey worked really hard and it's so beautiful. She made our website look so beautiful. We no longer have a pixelated header and that's really like the most accomplishing thing I've done in weeks. So, And all of our episodes now have like fun art which Mm -hmm. just like adds a whole vibe like i think you can really infer a lot about how we feel about our subject matter (laughs) yeah like sometimes we need images from roblo's instagram Mm -hmm. um all of our hallmark films i've tried to find the most like deranged image i can find (laughs) i Personally, did some really um, good screenshot hunting. Yes, yes. Kirsty put in like the hard work. I'm gonna say, like I did the work, but Kirsty <laughs> did the hard work. Yeah, uh, it was a beautiful so, team effort. Go check that out. Yeah, um, our, yeah. Our friendship shines through every <laughs> header. <laughs> and speaking of, if you think our friendship <laughs> shines through every episode and every header, you should tell us about it. Uh, via an iTunes, nope, Apple Podcasts, um, <laughs> five-star review. We're also accepting four stars at this time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, there's literally no reason to be lowering the bar. conversation with us you can do that uh, at hate watch with us on twitter or you can email us at hate watch with us at gmail.com um we are part of the thought bubble audio network you can find them at thought bubble fm on twitter thought bubble audio.com you can search thought bubble audio on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you're listening right now and you'll find their shows you should check out uh fourth times the charm uh we're they talk about watching Dinner Party four times, which is a personal fave for one of us here, and that's good enough for me. Um. <laughs> I just remembered the moment in the dead episode when I realized that you had completely gamed me. <laughs> I'm going to pull Wait that out of that episode. <laughs> the good shit. Maybe Kelsey's over here fucking gaslighting me over the dinner party episode of The Office. If I'm feeling really punchy, I'm gonna make a super cut of the good moments of the rest of the episode and put them after the outro, so stick around for that, maybe. Uh, That could be our bonus episode this week. Aw, that'd be so fun.
I just said that as if we put out bonus episodes <laughs> any kind of regularity. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta get out of here. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Listen to Fourth Time's The Charm. That's their latest show from the Thought Bubble production studio. Um, their first four episodes are all about watching Dinner Party on repeat, which is <laughs> Kirstie's nightmare and my dream. So I think they just did it to spite me because it happened like in the same week that Kelsey and I had a very public conversation about Dinner Party. Um, we had that conversation because I already knew that this was in the works and it was a teaser. Oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get played a little bit? Holy shit. I just like had an emotional reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I just got late.